Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. I think the hardest thing in this life is really to strike a balance um whether it's your diet whether it's whether it's a work-life balance but whatever type of balance i really think balance you know um people say balance is the key and all of that but it is also one of the most difficult things if we all had balance wow what an amazing person we would be right you're listening to project loving myself podcast a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Welcome back to season four. Since it is International Women's Month, I've been thinking about the so very many hats we women wear. We're always something to someone else, but not enough to ourselves. And that is the very reason that I started this podcast, to remind you to choose yourself, but show up for the people that you love. And there's so many ways in which you can show up for them. But in all these different ways, we have to feel good about ourselves to do any good for the other people in our lives. We have to be strapped in, seatbelt and all, before we can help others. So as you take this journey with me, keep reflecting, keep journaling, keep asking yourself the important questions. Am I happy? Am I truly doing what I want with my life? Am I loving myself the way I should? And I'll keep bringing you those stories through our illustrious guests, some of their experiences you will be able to relate to, while others will inspire you, remind you, and take you to that next step. All you have to do is show up with me week after week as we work on the project of loving ourselves, because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship you have with yourself. You matter. And with that, we welcome our guest today, Chao Chang Lontok Del Rosario, events host, travel entrepreneur, and president of Geron Travels, with her newest passion of being a coach and mentor. She is proudly a self-confessed experience junkie, advocating experiential and mindful travel and events. She believes in women's empowerment and loves sharing her experience in entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Project Loving Myself podcast, Chow. 
Hi, Sanaya. So happy to be here as well. Thank you, Chow, for coming with me here on the podcast. So I was just telling Chow before we started recording that um, I was stalking her, you know, because I research my guests before I bring them on. I want to know more about them. I want to make sure they're open to talking about, you know, their life stories, that we won't have any, you know, maybe awkward um, conversations, but that it was going to flow. So I, I do check out my guests before they come on. And as I'm telling child this, she's telling me that, oh, she follows me too. And so I was like, this is perfect. It's like a meeting of two people who kind of know about each other, but have never connected. And so we're going to be connecting on today's episode as we get more into um child's beliefs, her views, and um, her life. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Same here, Sonaya. So child, tell me, what is your first love, travel or people? And I'm asking this question because you are a travel entrepreneur, but you're also an events host. So tell me which one comes first for you. And with that, tell me a little bit more about your background. So asking me that would mean uh, like asking me to pick between two of my boys. Uh, I really both love them. Uh, so hosting and entrepreneurship are both my loves. Um, hosting is something that I've been doing ever since I was 17, 18 years old. So technically ever since I was a teenager uh, and for entrepreneurship, of course, I really only started, you know, having my own business later on in my 20s. But looking back, you know, I really grew up with it um, thanks to the influence of my mom plus I remember when I was young there's this thing in the Philippines where if you find soft drink bottles when they were bottled before you could actually quote-unquote deposit it bring it back to the store and you would get two pesos from every empty bottle that you see lying around and this was in school and I was in grade two so around eight years old, and I really would collect every single bottle that people leave behind in school that weren't being thrown and bring it back to the canteen just so I could, you know, earn from it. It wasn't entrepreneurship yet, of course, but, you know, the entrepreneurial mindset was already there. So it's like chicken and the egg. I don't know. I don't exactly know which one came first, but I definitely love both. You know, honestly, that is the entrepreneurial spirit. It's like without ever quite intending to, you are good at just, you know, turning money around, turning things around into money. And I think it's a, it's a really great thing when I see young children wanting to work for things and earn things. Like I used to do chores in my house and my dad would give me money to like polish the bar or vacuum the house. And so I'm, I'm very entrepreneurial myself. And I actually really enjoy, you know, coming up with new things, new ideas. I get very passionate about my projects. And I think it's from a young age, my parents kind of um, encouraged me to also explore these things, you know? So I, I completely relate to you on that subject. Now, there's something that I um, read in one of your posts. You said you believe in experiencing life through travel. Specifically, you wrote, we all have different religions, beliefs, and values. But at the end of the day, travel teaches us that we're all human beings with unique and beautiful stories worth sharing and learning from. So travel connects us through the stories we share. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, what was going on in your mind when you were writing that? What do you mean by these stories that we share and connect? And how does travel kind of give us the ability to share that? 
Sanaya, now that, that I hear those words from you and you putting a beautiful voice to those words of mine, I feel like I wrote that. Wow. <laughs> so thanks for reading it beautifully. Um, but, I do, <laughs> but I do recall, uh, you know, me saying this because I say it often in just, you know, different ways. Uh, what it really means is that for me, having traveled, I, I mean, I'm sure more people have traveled far and wide more than I have. Uh, but having traveled many styles, you know, I've done adventure racing when I was younger, budget travel, lux travel, mixing it all up. And even, you know, different places with different religions and different food culture. That really helped me open my mind. I remember when I was in Turkey, it was Ramadan time. And uh, people weren't, you know, we're practicing Ramadan. They wouldn't eat until uh, sunset. Sunset, I, yeah. Yeah, sunset, I believe. And they're disciplined for that. And we went to a restaurant and the chefs were preparing our meals. And they haven't even drank water since, since dawn. And, you know, I was saying that these are good people, amazing people, but it doesn't mean just because they're not Christian, you know, they're not going to get into their heaven or a sort of heaven or certain things. So these, how do I say this? These very shallow questions, these were shallow questions at first that started to come in, like, you know, stupid questions like, what if I'm from China and I only know this type of a religion, does it mean I don't get to enter? And this is coming from someone who is a, you know, I went through a, went through a very Catholic school. I was a huge uh, devout Catholic. When I say huge devout Catholic, I went into so many programs, so many retreats. Uh, I, and I would do the whole shebang for all the the church traditions, uh, whether it's Simbangabe, as we call it, the Mass for Christmas or during Holy Week. You know, I really, really did all of these things. But then eventually, you know, when I grew up and especially after my mom passed away, I, I would start to recall that it's so cool because my mom, uh, my dad is, you know, he would really read from the old, old school Filipino passion which okay. is the passion of Christ and, and all of this, but he would, and he would really go to mass every Sunday until this day and never miss it. So amazing. You know how we would do it. And yet my mom was a foreigner. She was Chinese. Uh, and they got along pretty. Okay. They were able to live through things. And my mom would always tell me, you know, it doesn't matter if you bow to Buddha with your incense or you kneel in church. Uh, what matters is you have a good heart. And so I would see my mom transitioning, you know, just to, just to be able to accompany my dad and vice versa. If we would be traveling to Taiwan back in my mom's hometown and my dad would have gold incense and I would ask him, is this something that you know how to do? No, we're just, you know, paying respects to whatever your mom and her family does. And so at Early at, the, at, at an early age, I was exposed to these things, but I never was able to put them together. Only after a few years back, which is like five, 10 years, maybe yeah, around 10 years ago, I started formulating this uh, belief that I had. So I believe that when you travel, it doesn't matter what kind of travel. It could be from my house to your house, even Sanaya, or it could be by boat, by bike, by walking. But this sort of journey that you take with yourself um, then you're able to experience life. You're able to see trees. You're able to hear children laughing. You're able to smell scents that you probably don't like or like. Uh, and that that is life. To me, that's life. Just your surroundings and being, being present. So what you're really talking about, Chal, is like opening your mind that 
hearing other people's stories, traveling outside of your comfort zone. Like this is all the endeavor to kind of open yourself up to all the different things that are out there because we usually grow up in our own culture, in our own community. I mean, you were lucky that you had two different influences between your father and your mother. You had two different, you know, country influences. You had the culture, you had the religion, but most people don't necessarily have that. And it is kind of by going out there and connecting with different people that we learn that there are different ways to do things, or we kind of even maybe uncover our own beliefs. If they actually make sense to us, they, we challenge our own beliefs and perhaps we may create new beliefs that we um, learn, you know, from other people's ways of doing things, which actually is kind of like this podcast, right? Like we, everybody has their own way of living and doing things. And the idea of the podcast is to kind of give you a different perspective, give you some other ideas, you know, and you take what you want and you discard what doesn't agree with you. Right. So that's kind of what you're talking about. Do you kind of, you know, do, does that make sense for you? Yeah, I resonate with that. Um, you know, for 10 years of my life, I also actually did uh, improvisation, comedy improv. Uh, so quite different, but still very part of me. I did uh, improv theater and I would perform every week. And the main, main, main thing about improv is yes and. Yes and. Not just saying yes, because that would still be a no. It's yes and. What does the end part mean? Yes, and means let me add to it. So what you're saying is very much related to that because that's also part of my philosophy. It's applied improvisation. So when I do things, it's to learn. I, you know, saying yes to things to be able to widen your pers- your perspective. But then you don't just stop at saying yes. You add to it. So, for example, you know, just to give a quick example, um, in improv, they would always say, uh, there's no story. The story won't go on if you just say yes. For example, if I go, Sanaya, my, mo- my, my grandma's house is burning. And you go, okay, the story's dead. Nothing happens. You know, there's no, nothing interesting for anyone to watch. Or, or maybe a typical Filipino humor, especially back in the day, would be, um, Sanaya, my grandma's house is, is burning. And you'd probably say, or you know, someone else would say, um, oh, come on, I just saw your grandma's house. That's a lie. And it would be funny for some to negate another person. But in, improvisa- in improvisation, we say yes and. So for the story to go on, we would do something like, Sanaya, my grandma's house is burning. Or Sanaya, um, my grandma's house is burning. And you would say probably, yes, and I saw 10 dogs inside there. You added something to it. So now right. I have somewhere to, to continue on with the story. You know, oh, she gave me something, a dog. Okay. Oh, my gosh, let me call the vet and the fireman. And let me, you know, just adding and adding and adding to it. Um, And that's where the basis of improv is. But it's the same thing for me with life in applied improvisation. You know, it's okay. I learned something. I learned about Buddhism. I learned about Zen. I learned about um, Islam. I learned about this culture, this country. Okay, but wait. How can I add to it my own flavor so that I could digest it better and use it for my life? So totally resonate with everything you just said. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And you know, child, what you said actually sparked a thought in my head, right? And it's it's something I might have said before on the podcast, but the way it's come to me now, it might, you know, it might make a lot of sense. So knowledge only becomes wisdom through experience, right? So it's the same thing, right? So we hear things, we read things, we might listen to a podcast, someone might give us a tip, you know, there's a lot of content out there and you can get content from anywhere, but it's when you take that content, that information, that knowledge you play it out in your life, you try it out, you test it, you experience it, then it becomes your own wisdom. So it's the same thing you're saying, which is like, you know, there's a story, but it's dead if you don't actually add something of your own to it, which is the experience of it. And then you get, you know, then you get an entire, you know, you get an entire novel or you get an entire play out of that, right? So, so it's just really interesting to kind of, you know, see the parallels in everything. Um, I do believe there is kind of a common thread um, that runs through everything, and we just need to kind of dig a little deeper and see how everything connects together. Um, which brings me to another question: You are talking about travel as being the way you link and connect stories and that's how you learn and you you know you add some of your own flavor to it so it's yes and right but then you've got the pandemic and suddenly the pandemic took your one big source of perhaps inspiration from your life right there was no travel there was kind of a staying grounded um for kind of kind of a long time so how did you deal with that then? You know, if this was kind of, if travel and the stories and connecting with people was kind of your, your, that was your mojo, you know, that was how you were living your life. And then it comes to a halt. Then what happens? Um, even before the pandemic happened, um, I was already lucky that I was able to intertwine my two loves of, you know, hosting idea creation and entrepreneurship all together, you know, as a, as a traveler or having a travel business. Um, so when the pandemic happened, of course it was such a big hit. I won't lie. I'm in the travel industry. And that's one of the first things that was hit, not just in the sense of my you know, my, my, my love for freedom, like take away anything, but don't take away my passport. That's what's most important to me. Um, uh, but yeah, when that happened, it, it, it crossed into so many levels business wise. This is my bread and butter. Um, this is, you know, everything that I've worked hard for and all of a sudden, wow, you know, record numbers of numbers dropping. So, uh, and that plus the fact that I couldn't travel, for for uh almost a year um what happened was that i traveled within i really traveled within and it's not really completely the kind of journey that's 
easy. Um, but but that's that's really what happened with me. I traveled. There's no better word than I traveled within. So what happened was that as soon as the pandemic hit, um, I was in a panic. I would say so in a shock that led me to kind of be, you know, when you're sh- at shock, you react, but then also you're kind of like, okay, what do I do now? Oh no, I've never experienced this in my life. Um, so there was a lot of crave for learning. So I was lucky that I was able to go back to the very, very core and source of why I do everything that I do, um, whether hosting, whether um, this travel business or any other projects that I do, which is the crave and curiosity always for things to learn and to always learn. So I signed up for five classes. Uh, we were lucky then, you know, there were so much online classes also for free. Um, now I get to say I graduated from Harvard online. <laughs> and, you know, for six weeks, I would sleep because the, the time difference and all of these things. I would sleep at 6 a.m. when the sun would rise. But that's how I was coping with things. I could not travel, but I wanted to experience life still. And, you know, when you travel, you learn. You learn about new food. You meet yeah. new people. So it's the same thing, I guess, that when I immersed myself in learning and entering and doing all these different curriculums and online classes um, I was able to learn and be taken somewhere else you know aside from where I was so it was a whole lot of travel within um, a lot of life coaching meaning I went through my um, life coaches uh, and you know a lot of work inner work as well because uh, yeah it's something we all never experienced so it wasn't something that I would you know people think I'm very confident but there are times also I know when I need help so I would go to my life coaches and ask them, okay, I kind of need to dig in and see what's happening here, how I could move. So it became travel within. But somehow, when I took care of myself, this whole self-love thing, you know, I went to these life coaches, I, I learned, I exercised a lot, nonstop walking. Somehow when we take care of ourselves, the universe takes care of us. So believe it or not, I was offered a travel show during the pandemic crazy and it would be my dream job you know that would be my dream job so imagine i got my dream during the pandemic and it was a travel show during the pandemic and i really we literally traveled around the philippines showing all the fiestas food culture and it was just it was just a blessing but when i look back now like what you said i think by the way what you said about wisdom and knowledge this is my takeaway from one of the many takeaways i'll have with this podcast i'll remember that sanaya um so now that I have the wisdom for it, I would say that, oh, that's yeah. what it is. Because I tried to take care of myself, then the universe kind of was able to take care of me later on. Yeah. And I think that's because, child, when you focus on yourself, then you have to trust that something or someone else is going to take care of everything else for you. Right. Because that's that's the work. Right. You got to go inward and going inward can be really scary. It can be terrifying. I mean, sometimes you have to open up a closet of like, you know, uh, dark demons in there, you know, whatever else we what we hide deep down inside. And to do that, there has to be a lot of trust that I can get through this, that it's the right thing to do for me, that the universe or the creator or the source, I'm I'm protected, I'm safe. And you also have to kind of believe that everything else around you 
is going to work out. So you're going in with a lot of faith. And I think it's that faith and that trust that whatever you're doing by going inside, by traveling within is going to get you somewhere that I think also opens up the possibilities that your faith, your trust will be rewarded. And then you get, you know, like your manifestation or whatever your dream is come true. And then you're like, oh, wow, this means going within must be really good because going it within got me all these things. And then you get encouraged to go deeper and you start to recognize that, oh, this is the journey that really counts because now I'm actually happy. I'm feeling fulfilled. I'm getting my dreams come true. And so I feel like the universe is constantly giving us those signs and those that form of encouragement that, yes, you should go within. And so for a lot of people listening in who are like, well, I don't have time for that. And, you know, I got to take care of my family and I got to do all these other things, you know, and they have all these excuses for why they can't focus on themselves. I think this conversation will help them to see that that's precisely why you need to travel within because you are so focused on the outside and you're not really feeling fulfilled and going inside will actually bring you closer to, you know, to what you're here for, to what makes you happy. Kind of like I said, you know, in the beginning of the podcast, it's those questions we need to ask ourselves, right? So what got you into that child? Why were you kind of Okay, I understand it's a pandemic. You were traveling within because you couldn't go outward. But why were you doing all that self-work? Why were you pursuing, you know, why were you seeing a life coach? Why were you pursuing coaching and mentoring? What was going on with you that got you to that point? Um, okay, I to, just to be just to really go back, you know, I would I was surrounded with uh, people in my life who were diagnosed with anxiety, uh, depression, and all of this, but I never really had it. Never. Uh, to the point that I didn't even know how to process any of it if someone told me that they would have anxiety or depression or what. To me, it's like, pick up, you know? You got to be strong and all of this. Until such time that, you know, um, someone very dear to me, someone who I loved so much, and this was pre-pandemic, you know, uh, took took her own life. And you learn that, okay, this is a disease. You know, it's, it's not like you can tell people with cancer, just snap out of it, you know. So it's the same thing with, with all of these diagnosed um, anxiety, depression, so on and so forth. So, yeah, when the pandemic happened, I was still quite, I was still quite proud of myself, you know, very strong, handling things very okay. Um, and I was very much functioning. Imagine all these classes. I had five certificates, Disney Business Institute, Harvard, sustainability business classes, all this and that. And I wasn't stopping, you know, but then I noticed one simple thing. I'm not sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. Like I was up and not only because of my classes, um, even if we're even my class, even if my classes were done already, I just couldn't put myself to sleep until the sun would rise, you know, like 7 a.m. That kind like people are saying good morning and I'm saying good night. <laughs> uh, and my joke then was if you need anyone to work for your call center, I'm your person for the night shift. Like I'm up. And so that led, that small opening, that small window led me to go within and dissect myself. There's something wrong here. I'm not, 
I may seem like I'm functioning right, but I know there's something wrong here already. Like this is like I'm nocturnal, but not this kind of nocturnal wherein I toss and turn and I can't stop. And this went on for months. Um, and I mean months, almost a year of not sleeping. So that's when I started approaching a friend who was a life coach. And then it led to another friend introducing me to another life coach. And it's hard to admit that something's wrong. Um, it's easy to say the pandemic is wrong. There's something happening with the outside world. That, that was the easy part. Like, oh, my business is failing and not doing so good because, I mean, everyone else is, you know, going through the same thing and the pandemic made it happen. I'm in the travel business. So, yeah, who else to be affected? That's the easier part. I think the pandemic is the number one excuse of the last two years. Like anything not working, it's the pandemic, you know, and we've almost become um, a, a, like, you know, it's become so overused. We're using it for everything, but it's kind of time to recognize that not everyone had that same, you know, experience of the pandemic, but go on. No. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, at that time, of course, it was difficult because no one knew what the pandemic was. But at this point, now that we had time to review it and look back now that I'm thinking about it, that was the easy part, me being able to point my finger and say, oh, it's the pandemic. And, you know, the hard part was saying, wait a minute. I might be going through something that was difficult for me because, um, you know, I understand all these anxiety things. Like what I said, that um, people who I love and surrounded with had it. And I was the strong one. I was the one who, you know, come on, you can do this or whatever, which was supposed to be the case. Now that I went through it, that's not supposed to be the case or how you handle it, you know? But then I had to say, you know what? Oh my gosh, everything that I was throwing out, you know, especially when I was way back younger and couldn't understand this quote unquote uh, disease or process um, was happening to me. Um, like, you know, I remember when I was way, way younger and ignorant, I'd be like, oh, you know, um, is this another card that you get to throw because you are going through this, a card that you get to throw. And here I am going through it in little bits and pieces until it started to escalate. When I say escalate from not being able to sleep, um, just my mood started to like be different already. And I lost uh, almost 20 pounds during 2020. I wish I kept losing, by the way, that was a nice side effect. <laughs> that was a good side effect. Uh, but yeah, it just, it was just a different phase back then. And I'm still going through a few things right now, but I'm glad that I'm able, even able to have this talk and say that, you know, yeah, that was a, that was what was going through me for me to be able to say that, okay, I need to talk to people, to friends, and to really, you know, submit myself to certain process and do a lot of um, work on myself, a lot of work. So all of these things, whether it was about religion, my past, my childhood, everything, I kind of shadow work, everything I kind of like went through, imagine for one year of nonstop different methods and all that I went through. And um, it's like I traveled, let's just say six out of seven continents <laughs> with what wow. I did. What was the most effective for you of everything that you did? What do you think made the most difference? 
I wrote about this or I shared it in one of my posts on IG and it might sound silly. Um, yeah, the talking to people and doing my life code, every, everything helped, of course, but it was actually the simple things. Um, up until this day, up until this day. So um, I'm agnostic by choice already currently, but every night I go to my kid's room or if I don't go to my room and we do our grateful prayers, that's what we call it. So we just say things that we're grateful for, like literally every night, grateful. Or when we travel nowadays, before we leave a room of the hotel or the resort, we say, thank you room for the memory. So that grateful practice and this is, you know, this is this is not drama. This is real things that we do. And my friends know it because they they visit our house. We have drinks here. We see each other. And I go like, okay, I have to be with the kids right now. I'm going to put them to bed and we have to do our grateful prayers. And so that one was the first step. The great, I mean, I've always done this with my team. We always have grateful days, grateful jars. But to really incorporate it in my own personal life with my own family and my kids. So that's number one. Um, the funny thing is cold showers. I know it sounds silly to most who are listening. Uh, but you know, I remember in one of the darkest days that I had during the pandemic, I just jumped in the shower, maybe having watched Wim Hof <laughs> a lot on online. I just, and by the way, I love hot showers. I can't stand cold, cold showers and cold water. So I jumped in the yeah. I jumped in the shower and uh, with really cold water and it just washes everything away. Like for that few seconds, you forget caring and minding about uh, the heavy things that you go through because you become too shocked with the coldness of the water. And so it kind of yeah. zaps you. Um, so that's yeah. one of the things that I wrote. And then the third one was just to follow my curiosity, just continue to follow my curiosity. So whenever I, so whenever I would get curious about something, Hey, this seems interested. I don't, I don't pressure myself to go like, come on, come on, find your passion. Come on, come on. Um, I know a lot of people say, find your passion, find your passion, find your passion to some people that could be stressful, especially for people who love a lot of things, how are passionate about things. So I feel like it's just more tender and easier to say, Find your follow your curiosities and it might lead you to your passion. So that's what I did. And it was easier on me, on my path. Like, uh, you know, oh, this sounds interesting. I'll say yes to this and, you know, do something with this. Uh, this is not for me then. Okay. So I just follow my curiosity. Child, that's your yes and. Yes. The follow your curiosity is your yes and, <laughs> right? So it's really like a philosophy of your whole life, um, which is so interesting to, to see that. But I find the whole cold shower is very <laughs> interesting. I mean, I see how it just kind of will pull you out of your stuff. Like maybe you're in this like dark place and the cold shower will kind of like, it just you know, makes you wake up and be like, okay, I got to stop this. It snaps you out of it, which is pretty incredible. But, you know, there's also this whole um, kind of challenge people are doing, doing which they take an ice bath. And I think that's also kind of another way of shocking their system, um, which is kind of a pretty interesting way to deal with um, 
to deal with whatever's going on in our space. Um, very, very interesting. And um, the gratitude, you know, you, you talked about the gratitude prayer, but you said prayer, right? You said gratitude prayer, but you also said you're agnostic. So I want to pull that thread a little bit because, so my understanding of agnosticism or being agnostic is someone who claims neither faith nor disbelief in the idea of God. And you did talk about a very Christian upbringing from your father's side. And then you talked about, you mentioned the whole, you know, Buddha from your mother's side. So how did you get from there to being agnostic? Ah, interesting. I love, okay. This is the first time I'm able to actually talk about it anywhere aside from my own platform. So uh, thank you for giving me this space. Um, it's also a nice way and a journey for me as well to be able to share it. Um, yeah, so as mentioned earlier on, I was really very, I would consider myself, maybe not people, a lot of people knew, very, very, um, how do I say this? Like I did the whole method of things for, you know, for as a Christian, as a Catholic, and th things started to open up. I guess having joined the theater um, opened a lot, a lot of um, of my mind as well, because I I got to meet people from different lifestyles, different understandings. So uh, I got to meet atheists as well. And, you know, coming from a Catholic school, when you say atheist, I'm thinking you're a demon, you know, you're, you're, you're someone <laughs> scary. And I meet a lot of these atheists. And this is like 10 years back. I meet a lot of these atheists as well. And they become friends, but they don't try to influence or bring me in. You know, I just see them from afar. And these are, these are normal human beings with kind hearts. It just so happens that they believe more in the science or they just like to question things. Okay. But I couldn't get on board right. with that because I still believe there was something somewhere there, but we just can't pinpoint that. And I know that the transition really was when I saw a tweet, funny, it was on Twitter from the Dalai Lama. And he said something like, there's gotta be a better way to be able to teach people values than through religion and it hit me hard because i realized that's so true everything good or every value system that most people have is thought through religion doesn't matter what kind of religion but through your school religion is infused so that you could use it as values respect your parents because this is what the lord or or allah or whoever has mentioned um do not kill right. because this and that and that so when he said that it really struck me hard there must be a better way to do this than by religion and you know loving the news so much like what i've mentioned earlier on if i weren't hosting and if i weren't in, in the uh, an entrepreneur i would be a journalist i would be reporting and you know telling these stories so even up to this day I really listen to the news a lot. I read a lot about the news and, you know, I, I'm a, quite an empath. So I really feel for people. So, so when I hear news about wars, oftentimes it's the, it's the religion comes in one way or another. And so I yeah. did a lot of history and, you know, reading about history and questioning and asking people. And I came to the point, you know what, maybe kindness can be your religion. That could be a religion too. So if people ask me, what's your religion? Kindness. Or what's your religion? Love. And I remember I was traveling in um, 
in Abu Dhabi and someone said, okay, are you entering the mosque? Yeah. What's your religion? And I just said, what is your religion? Whatever your religion is, that's my religion. <laughs> you know, just, just to erase things. And so that's when it started, that particular tweet. And so the journey from there to where I am now, which is, uh, you described um, being agnostic in those terms. And um, currently, my, my, my way of understanding of being agnostic is the flexibility of things, you know, um, it's more about the flexibility than just the, than the belief. So for example, um, yes, there must be something, there must be a reason why we're all here. There must be something magical, universal, spiritual, whatever it is, why we're all here, but I don't know the answer. I won't claim to push you to say that if you believe otherwise, that's fine also with me. Um, but as long as you are a good person or human enough to you to care and love, then we're good. <laughs> That's about it. I, I like what you said, you know, as can kindness be my religion? You know, I love that because um, my husband says that all the time. And he's like, that's the only thing that really matters is how good a person you are and how kind you can be to other people. So I completely you know, relate to what you're saying. And I think maybe in your mind, so you call it agnostic for me, I of course resonate and, and totally understand where you're coming from and what you're talking about. I think of it as as spiritual, but I guess that may not mean the same thing to everybody. Not everybody understands spirituality. And a lot of people think of spirituality as religion. So that's kind of interesting to, to hear your perspective on that. Um, but tell me, Chal, how do you then inculcate the values in your children when you don't have a framework of religion? And I think that's the question a lot of you know, parents have is how do you now give them a structure for building these values? Like what is your reference? Like how do you do that as a parent? Okay, I love, love, love this question. Thank you so much, Sanaya, for it. Because I asked this to myself as well when I saw that tweet from uh, the Dalai Lama. Uh, so what happened was I had to first take out religion. The hard part was, it wasn't even the hard part, but first step was to take out religion to be able to, to unlearn before we could learn something. So I know most parents, you know, would usually look for a Catholic school or a certain type of school because of religion that they could relate with, Christian, you know. And my husband and I literally had to be mindful and say, nope, we are taking that out. So the school that they are going to right now does not teach religion. They teach history. So certain things in religion, you know, come out only because of history. So because they have to discuss it for history, but there is no class in religion like most um, schools in the Philippines have. So that's a conscious choice. That was the first step. So the second step, the second step was us being able to discuss and communicate with our kids, worldly events. So sounds kind of funny, but I think similar to how when you travel, your eyes open up to different ways people have. So when we have our dinners, when we talk, even for my eldest, you know, we really expose him to news. 
And this is the sad news, the scary news. No, usually the news that I see later on in my life. Um, nothing horrific, but just you know the usual. If if he sees that there are there's such a thing as oppression, then we gauge it from there, and we see, oh, does he know it's wrong? Does he feel uncomfortable with it? And he'd be like, you know, we he would ask him certain questions, and then you would you would hear him say that why do that? You know, they're still humans, and then you learn as parents, that values are actually intrinsic. Like we actually, as human beings, we have it. We have a conscience. We actually do care. You know, it's not something that we, yes, we can mold it along the way and we can change it or, uh, but, but we actually have values already. We, we, as humans. So that was the interesting part. Like, oh, here we are that, you know, thinking that we were going to teach our kids something, but they were the ones teaching us along the way that, oh, okay, humans are pretty not bad people. You know, we're not, we're pretty, we're not that bad. You know, it's, it's within us. So we just had to enhance what was already there that, you know, guide them with their questions because they would ask about, okay, so why does this happen? Why is there a war? Why do people do this? And that communication and discussion helped a lot to be able to put the values. We didn't, we didn't have certain values, by the way, like how some people would, you know, have these family business meetings or family meetings. What values do our family hold? We didn't have any of those. It just came really naturally for us um, that we let our children express what they think they valued. And then we yes, ended that <laughs> we followed through. And by the yeah. way, for my two kids, it's different. It's really different. You know, um, one would value this more and the other would value this more. And uh, we just followed through with whatever that was. And we're, we're in that step right now. But yeah, just somehow I believe it's working. <laughs> they're, they're good people. I think it's a really wonderful way to introduce our children to the real world while giving them a perspective about how we feel about things to guide them as they maybe discover, develop their own value system. Because at the end of the day, there is a element of you know, our values being very personal to us. As much as we have shared values, we also have our personal values. And I want to share, you know, a story of something that happened in my life with my kids. Um, Cause it, you know, what you said really struck a chord. So um, I, I was raised with religion, but over time I developed my own inclinations towards, you know, more of a, um, a a philosophy that is based in spirituality and self-development and, you know, sort of walking your own journey and, and so on. And I do believe in God and I do believe there's a source or creator. I just don't associate my concept of, of that source energy with any rituals. And I definitely do not have any fear in my relationship with what I call is the creator, you know, or God. And so that's, that was always my challenge with religion is the way I was taught growing up. Um, I went to a Catholic school and then I went, I lived in Japan. So I was, you know, raised with that whole Zen Buddhism kind of um, cultural sort of uh, way of life. And it was always based in fear. Like what would happen if you did this, you know? And, and I remember that that never sat well with me, this whole idea of everything was like fear-based. And so when I had my own children, I 
also made a choice with my husband that I would not send them to religion classes, which are very much available um, to my community. Right. But that was one thing I was just dead set against and not because I have anything against what is being taught, but it just simply doesn't agree with my, my perspective. I believe that, um, it should be, it should be taught with love and not with fear. And so what was very interesting and kind of coming to the story is my, my mother-in-law was also raised with the whole idea of religion and she does want her grandkids to have some connection to that, some understanding. And I totally get that, you know, my own, my mom would want, you know, her grandkids the same way. Right. And I remember that I didn't realize that she was already teaching my son who was quite young at that time. He was definitely around two, maybe a little younger, somewhere between one and two. And she would, you know, teach him about our, the, the Indian sort of gods and how to pray. And, you know, she would tell, tell him little stories. And so I didn't re- realize that he already had an idea of God, but from the religious perspective. And when I saw that was happening, I had a conversation with him and I said, you know, Suri, whatever happens, everything you learn is wonderful, but I want you to remember that God is not outside of you. God is in you. He's in your heart. And he looked at me, he heard me, and that was it. We had one conversation. And you know, child, every single time after that, when we asked him, where is God? Where do you find God? Who do you turn to? Where do you find this God? He will say, God is in me. So it didn't matter how many times he had heard other stories, other versions, you know, more of a religious perspective. It didn't matter matter because it just took one time of me saying this and he connected with it because like you said, children intrinsically already know, you know, they already have that gut feeling. They already have this kind of understanding of these core values that are about, you know, respecting life and honoring people and loving people. Like, I think these are like basic things that most people are born with, you know, it's already there and you just kind of got to guide them and it connects with what they already feel. And up until now, my, my child is six years old and he has this awareness and understanding of God that is so spiritual despite whatever else he has heard. And I always teach him to honor all these other um, perspectives because they're very much valid. It's just that you can let other people have their truth and still have your own. So I really, really am so glad that you shared your story and I was able to share mine as well, because I think that, as you said, you know, kindness should be our religion. Being a good person should be our religion. Like it should be about those values. And that's the most important thing. Um, to teach our children, right? Yes, or love, you know? Love would be a beautiful religion to to have. Uh, you know, oftentimes people think, I joke around when I put in my caption, uh, God, Allah, Buddha, science, the universe bless you. Every time I end something uh, in, my, in my captions and in Instagram. Um, and, but I mean it, you know? It, it just means... Look, whatever it is that you believe with, then bless you. Bless you, really. Because, you know, there's this thing with me that, uh, I, that I feel like, you know, um, maybe I'll just go back to what the Dalai Lama said. Just, just try to remember that. There must be a better way to teach values 
aside from through religion, which causes war, which causes disagreement, which causes people to think that they're better than others, or this is wrong, or this is funny, this is stupid. There's just got to be a better way. And today, I think talking to you, Sanaya, that came out, you know, it's going back to what's in- intrinsically there already within us. So again, I agree. within again. <laughs> I love it. I I love that. You know, I think that is really the key point today. Now, there's something else I wanted to ask you about, Chal. I read that Sawubona, I don't know if I'm saying, pronouncing it correctly, so you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it's one of your favorite greetings after Mabuhai, and it literally means I see you. So when I saw that, when I read that, I was thinking of like the movie Avatar by James Cameron, right? And they the was it the Nawahi people? I don't remember, but you know those people on the on the planet. They would say that as a greeting to each other, like "I see you," and I remember those three words really, really. I don't know. They really appealed to me, and I I could really feel so much in those three words. But I forgot about it until I read that some, you know, in one of your one of the research I was doing. So tell me about that. Like, what does that mean to you, and why is that your favorite greeting? Okay, great. Um, so like what you know you've said earlier on, I'm all about experiencing life through travel. And we when we travel, we hear all of these stories, learn about all of these words, and sometimes they just go in passing. But there are these things that you know strike us, and we say, oh. This is beautiful. You know, this is something. And that's exactly what happened to me. If you think about it, the Filipino greeting, uh, let's start first with the most basic one for a lot of people in the world. Aloha, right? Aloha, aloha, aloha. Aloha is actually quite agnostic as well or versatile rather. Um, It's a hello. It's a goodbye. It's an everything. Um, And then you have mabuhay. Mabuhay literally means to come alive, right? Be alive, mabuhay. Buhay is life. So mabuhay is to be alive. So uh, I like that because it's all about energy. Come to life, mabuhay, welcome. It's really a welcoming tone. And then I hear saubona in Africa or in Southern Africa, because there's a lot of languages there, of course, but in Southern Africa, a lot of people would just keep it simple and greet saubona. And I was like, what does it mean? What does it mean? I know it's a greeting, but what does it mean, mean? And the And they taught me it means I see you. And that means a lot, you know, almost almost to the same level as I hear you. Because there's nothing more than for me than I would want than for someone to see me for who I really am. Am. And I know when the person told me this, that, you know, we weren't, he, he, he wasn't trying to connect it that way, but given that specific moment, I just, it was just, those, those words were glittering. And I started thinking that is so beautiful how the origin of a greeting, a simple greeting could actually mean that I literally see you. I see you. I'm present right now. I'm with you and you are with me and I'm not taking my eyes off you. Hello and welcome. You are a person, you are somebody, you are something, the, you know, the creator, God, whoever created you and you are here with me today. And to me, that was like, wow, Saubona, I see you. And that never left. That never left. It just, wow. It, it, I was stuck with that. You know how some people say um, they love the French word enchanté because it's um, enchanté is, am, am I pronouncing it right? My French is really bad. Um, <laughs> 
uh, enchanted to meet you. And that, that sounds very romantic. And that sounds very magical. Enchanté, you know. For me, it wasn't enchanté or any other French word. It was saubona. I see you. And I think everyone in this world, most, if not everyone, would just want to be heard and seen. Like, I'm a person, know me. I'm, my, I'm a person and this is my name and this is the kind of person that I am. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, so beautiful. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, I think that's something so special. Now, um, Chell, we are at the end of the episode. I've had a wonderful conversation. Getting to know your perspective, I think that it is so inspiring to see how you've been able to take your beliefs and share it with your family in a way that kind of teaches them and gives them um, sort of a path forward in their life you know, without imposing anything on them. That's what I kind of got from these conversations you're having with your children. I love that. And I love the, the little tidbits about your own journey. I think that's really inspiring as well. So I'm really grateful for everything you've shared. Now, there's one more ask I have. What is your project loving myself mantra or message that you would want to share with our listeners something that inspires you something that keeps you going i know you've shared a lot <laughs> but give me something that comes to you that you want to you know share with our listeners today before we um close this episode okay i know i've shared yes and and yes and is really an improvisation it's not really a rule but it's uh it's one of the elements the main elements in improvisation but that's not mine i've also shared follow your curiosity um but i also just uh you know um took that on and made it my own um from the same writer of eat pray love um for people who are you know overly passionate about many things so that's not really mine but i do live by that follow your curiosity so what what i feel like i've really created and i know the mantra that I've carried is this, and it's really simple to live a beautiful life without forgetting the realities of this world. So I think the hardest thing in this life is really to strike a balance, um, whether it's your diet, whether it's, whether it's a work life balance, but whatever type of balance, I really think balance, you know, um, people say balance is the key and all of that, but it is also one of the most difficult things. If we all had balance, wow, what an amazing person we would be, right? But we're off balance, you know. Um, I could, uh, I, I have my own, you know, bad habits and traits. Everyone have their own, has their own bad habits and traits. So, but at the end of the day, you know, despite all the suffering that we see, we all just want to live a beautiful life too. You know, to be able to experience the beautiful things because that that in itself is abundance, you know, to be able to not deprive yourself and say, yeah, I want to travel. And this is this is why I created this, because when I travel, I really, really love experiencing all of these beautiful things in life. But at the same time, you know, when you're traveling, you could kind of 
lift yourself up from the ground and it would be such a different feeling and you're so elated. You also want to be able to make sure not to forget the realities of this world because that's what makes us human, the reality of this world. So finding that balance to be able, that's, that's, I've been saying that also ever since, how to, uh, to live a beautiful life without forgetting the realities of this world. Just that simple. And that, that, that's where all these words in my life come in. Stories, yes, and follow your curiosity, experience life to travel, all of them, it goes there. At the end of the day, if I'm able to live a beautiful life, I'm able to experience things. I could have a buffet of life because I love the buffet of life. You know, I like doing all these little things and crazy things. But then I'm still able to see you. I'm still able to saubona you. I'm still able to hear your stories. I'm still able to realize that, okay, some people are suffering. These, is, these are different beliefs. These are this and that. Then I'm good. Then I'm good with life. I think that was the most perfect summarization of our entire conversation. You highlighted all the key points and you put it together, Chal, in a way that it all kind of, we connected all the dots and it makes sense. And I think it gives people a kind of a way forward, you know, an idea of how you can do these little things in your life that, that make you a bit more balanced. You know, even if it's a little bit more, it's better than where you were before that. So thank you for these wonderful words. Chal, and um, can I ask you to share your details with our listeners in case they want to get in touch or ask you any more questions? Yeah, if it's for travel, do follow at Jeron Travel. Um, I'm also big on women empowerment and entrepreneurship. So we just also launched at Jeron Boss Babe. It's to um, give women the opportunities to have these, you know, um, different ways to to earn and create things for themselves as well. Um, it's if it's for hosting or for whatever else, then at Chal Chang. That's about it. But thank you so much, Sanaya. I had so much fun. Uh, I loved your questions. These are not the usual questions I get asked. So it really also made me go through a certain journey right now, just hearing everything. And today I also remembered from you everything about knowledge and how it turns into wisdom. I told you it would stick. I told you it would stick. <laughs> Thank you, Chal. So Saubona to you too. I see you and I am here for you. Tag your thoughts with at Project Loving Myself podcast and at Sanaya Grinimal. And do subscribe to the podcast if you are enjoying these episodes. Write in, share your stories, and let me know what you want to hear more about. I share this wonderful quote with you by Deepak Chopra. Religion is belief in someone else's experience. Spirituality is having your own experience. Well, what do you think of that? I think that religion and spirituality are really just opposite sides of the same coin. It's really about how we approach our life and the values that are important to us. Thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. You are loved. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.